Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bash Mania podcast. This is episode 202, and I am your host, as always, Justin Bash. Going to be a fun show today as we dive into a great conversation with Missouri's Rocky Elam, a junior world champ, three-time NCAA All-American, and the best is yet to come for Rocky. Grateful to have him on the podcast today. Going to be a great show. This show is brought to you by your friends at Attack, A-T-A-C. Attack is an amazing training app where video game stats meet real-life training strength endurance mentality um agility flexibility speed not only will the attack app help you level up in those areas you get real-time stats and scores and you can see where you stack up against some of the best athletes in the country attack was built by wrestlers for wrestlers but it's so good you're starting to see a lot of football players and other athletes really dive into the app as they gear up for the upcoming season and look to level up. Be sure to follow Attack on social, their ATAC.app, and be sure to tag them once you download the app and get your scores. Um, download the Attack app in the Apple app and Google Play Store today. Follow them on social, their ATAC.app, and be sure to tag them when you share your scores. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We are back. Episode 202 on this warm summer Monday. Junior world champ, three-time NCAA All-American, Rocky Elam. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Um, you know, just had pretty laid-back summer. Just been training pretty much. And, uh, yeah, not not much. Just a lot of traveling. It's funny because everybody likes to say how wrestling is year-round, and it is. But there is such an off-season, and we are in the thick of it. Like, the really difference, <laughs> like, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. I mean... I guess people would say that because, you know, everyone's always training. It's not like there's like a off time where people aren't training, but there definitely is like an off season portion where it's a, where it's a more, um, you know, laid back time of the year. And I think that's needed, especially in a sport like wrestling when we have literally the longest season, I'm pretty sure out of, um, out of any other sport, you know? So, and it's obviously the most physical you're always making weight and, you know, um, it's, it, you know, it's just very, very taxing on your body. So, I think it's good that we have that off season and not only benefits you just taking time off, but um, also you get to get to kind of just, you know, like, you know, tap on the brakes a little bit, slow down, really focus on, you know, what you want to get better at, what you're preparing for that next season, as opposed to it just being a freaking grind, grind, grind all the time, you know, looking forward to the next competition. It's just nice to have some time to slow down and focus on technique, you know. How much do you stay in that same training regimen, whether it's eating, whether it's working out? Like, how much do you veer from, like, what you're doing in the height of the college season? Yeah, so we have, like, I mean, we just got done with our summer training this past week. Um, so we were lift three days, we were wrestle four days and conditioning twice a week. And then we just have the weekends off. So um, we're pretty much, you know, have have a full training schedule throughout the summer. But like I said, it's also a thing where, the coaches, you know, they're going to let you, you know, go off and do a camp for a week or, you know, go home or, you know, because you're still, you know, you're still training at that time. But um, you have an opportunity to make some money, spend time with your family, you know, even go on vacation um, for a little bit here and there. Um, 
So I think that the training still keeps up, but like I said, it's a little bit less of a grind and it's a little bit more, you know, I get to, you know, have my freedom and, and focus on the things that I want to focus on. And not that we don't get that opportunity during the season. Um, but like I said, it's just, it's a little bit more relaxed in the off season, which is nice. Yeah, no, for sure. Making money is good. What kind of things are you doing to making money? Yeah, we, um, so I think this summer has been actually my busiest summer since I've been in college. Uh, I went out to Idaho with, um, uh, went out to Caldwell, Idaho with coach Maple and like six or seven other guys. Um, and we did a three or four day camp out there. Um, did some fun stuff up in the mountains. Like the first day we were out there, we were literally, we took these hound dogs out and we kind of like, it was kind of like a gator. And um, we just took like nine or 10 dogs out there and, and they would, they would like catch a scent for a bear trail, right? They'd be smelling for bears. And as soon as they got one, they were freaking barking. Like, you know, it like they, they, found are they them. on a leash or something? Like, how are you no, keeping them so all? It's like, so it's like, they're in like, we were like driving around, like in this gator thing, like in this big, like four wheeler type type vehicle. Yeah. And um, they're like almost in like a cage, but it's like, they can still like stick their head out and smell, you know, cause they're, yeah. they want to smell a bear trail. So, um, so we'd be like driving up in the mountains, like on this trail. And whenever they caught a, a bear scent, they just freaking be barking. They'd be, you know, you know. And so we'd let them out and they go and they chase these bears up these trees. And they're like, they're pretty relatively small bears. Most of the time, sometimes, you know, 80 to 150 pounds. Um, it's still a decent sized bear though. Yeah, still a pretty good bear. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we like, and they had like these GPSs on them. So they'd be able to try, they'd be looking at it. We'd, we'd let the dogs go and they'd be looking at it and be looking at where these bears go to, to, uh, to treat these bears and, uh, or where these dogs go to treat these bears. And, um, you know, as soon as like they, they stop or they started barking and, you know, we see them stop on the GPS, we just kind of like track them. It might be, you know, half a mile or less. Uh, it might be even more than that. And we would just go up there and freaking just like, look at the bear. And I'm like, all right, so what are we going to do now? Like, we just got to look at it. Or what? <laughs> but, uh, you know, sometimes like if it's a good one, they'll, they'll get them. But we just, it was just fun to go look at them. It's like the bears are like real timid up there um, and they won't come down until you leave. So it was pretty fun. So that was kind of, that was my first trip out there or my first kind of big trip for the summer. That was in mid June. Um, and then towards the, it was beginning of July, we went out to Montana and that's where our, my coach Todd is from. Um, he's from Bozeman, Montana. So we go out there to do a camp and I've been doing that ever since I was a freshman. Um, he's always, you know, set up some, set up the camp. So a lot of guys can go out there. Uh, and kind of experience where he's from and that's I mean it's really God's country out there out in the mountains and you know Montana is one of those states it's like I'm pretty sure it's like small like smallest population size per capita or something like that yeah most landmass with the least amount of people Um, that that's the blessing right there (laughs) that's exactly that's what I'm saying I was just being out there it's like oh my gosh it's so refreshing I can't even can't even emphasize it enough but yeah we were out there for like nine days this summer so that was like a big chunk of a big yeah. chunk of for me was just, uh, you know, being out in Montana. But luckily, we had like twelve guys out there, and it was like, you know, we were able to get workouts in whenever we wanted. We took a hike up in the mountains, camp for a night, um, you know. So that was another big camp, and then just went up to uh, Bettendorf, Iowa, in mid July, and just had a quick one day camp uh, up there. And then, you know, besides that, like our team camp. So been doing camps here and there, but pretty much wrapping up with them. Yeah, it's. 
you know, I just had Bo Bartlett on, I had um, David Carr on, and it feels like, you know, we're getting closer to the start of the season. We're obviously still a couple months away, but it's that time that people seem like they really start dialing in as, you know, once the college, like classes and all that starts, that's when everybody seems to really start honing in, dialing in on the upcoming season. For you, you know, last year, I was just rewatching it, the third place match, your your um, press conference right after that. And you were talking about falling short of the NCAA title and that hurt, that pain of falling short. And it's funny because I was looking at your career and it's like you finished fifth, fourth, third. So naturally, if if that's a pattern, this year is going to be runner up, but the next year you're going to win. <laughs> I'm sure you, <laughs> I'm sure you'd like to see, you know, first, first. Because you got two years left, right? Yes, I got two years left. And I'll be, so, yeah, I'll be both. Yeah. So as you reflect on last season, so close. You know, I feel like third place is one of those things where it's like, when you take fourth, you lost two matches. You're not nearly as close as just losing one match. I know it's only one match, but like, that seems like a huge differentiator, losing one match versus two at NCAAs. For you, you're that close. What are you focusing on heading into the next season? Yeah, so about that 5 4 three, two, one, it's like I was looking <laughs> at that as well. I mean, obviously I'm aware of it, but like, um, I was hoping like 5 4 three, two, ones instead of 2 one. Yeah, you know, yeah. Two ones, two, <laughs> two first place. So hopefully we can do that. But – um. Yeah, it, I mean, it it does. It's it's stung for sure, um, you know, being that close. And it's like, you know, you hear it all the time, but matches are decided in literally one position, uh, one scoring action. And, um, you know, just looking back at my semis, you know, I just like got a locked hands call, which is obviously very unfortunate and just, you know, had a had a little bit of a lapse on bottom that that ended up costing me the match. So it's just like literally like you know, like I said, people say it all the time, but the freaking smallest things, that's what'll, that's what'll make or break you at times. So it's just yep. like, you know, I've, I've seen where for my past three years in college wrestling, I know very well where I need to improve at and get better at. And that's what we've been working this off season. And, um, you know, even just talking with my coaches about it, it's just like, we're going to do everything we can to be be the best we can and, and get better at these positions and try to win a national title. And, you know, that's just, um, that's all you can do. It's, um, you know, it's not the outcome really isn't in our hands. It's just, we can, we can control what we can about the process and, um, you know, we can, we can get better in the areas that, that we need to fix, but ultimately the outcome is not, is not really in my hands. So that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of what we're taking into next season. Yeah, I love it. And you talked in that same um, post-match little interview about your support system. And I always, I don't like when you guys get emotional in interviews because then I get emotional. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're rooting for someone and they're getting emotional, it's hard not to get, not to, like, be engulfed in that emotion. But you talked about the importance of your support system and, you know, your brother Zach. Talk to me a little bit about what that's like having your brother, not only as a support system, because there's a lot of wrestlers who have family or brothers or sisters in similar ages, but it's not even just that for you. It's on the same team as you. What is that like? Yeah. I mean, it's really cool to have my brother. It's, um, you know, it's very special. It's, I think it's a, it's a blessing for me and, and for both of us. And, you know, when I was, 
when I had lost my uh, semifinal match, I think it was, it was, I just went back in the locker room, you know, just had some time to myself. Um, and like when I came out like 10 minutes later or whatever, Zach was, he was just, you know, the first one waiting for me there. He's kind of, kind of, I think he was walking towards the locker room, like looking for me. So, um, that was just kind of like already like a heartwarming thing right there. And, you know, he was just walking with me and, you know, I was real upset, but ultimately it was, it was one of those things where I had, you know, he had came up short of his goal in the past couple of years of, you know, losing in the blood round. Um, and, you know, just being right there to become an All-American. And it was one of those things he reminded me of in that moment, like, hey, Rock, like you were here for me in this exact same situation these past yeah. two or three years. You know, now I'm here for you to um, to remind you that, you know, it's the same thing that you've told me all these past years. You know, this is a part of God's plan. This is just, you know, there's everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, we're going to be all right. Just just moving forward and just, you know, just little things of encouragement and um, you know, it's just like that makes a bigger, bigger impact than than I think some people think, especially yeah. when, when you're down at times like that. And, you know, just getting, you know, messages from people close to me. It's like that. That's a that I don't know for me. That's always been something that's been really helpful and, and just encouraging, you know, just, you know, small, small nudges of support like that. So, yeah. And it's crazy because last week I had David Carr on and we were talking about how when you understand the bigger perspective, when you understand the bird's eye view of everything and your trust is in God, it's nice when you go through something and you know, like this sucks, but God's going to use this to minister to somebody else. And then when you have that moment where it's like, you're able to say like, yeah, I've been there or your brother's able to say you were there when I lost, like that's a super cool thing that I think helps um, navigate those highs and lows Talk to me a little bit about how your faith has really helped you in your career. For sure. That's like, um, I mean, that's been the biggest thing for me. Absolutely. Especially since I've gotten into college, it's always been something that I've had a, had a foundation in my whole life. And that's what I'm again, thankful for, you know, my family raising me in the faith and things like that. But it's something that I really started to, you know, uh, deepen my relationship with Christ when I got into college. And it's something that I've never really looked back ever since, um, you know, it started, it's something I've always wanted to pursue more and more and make more of the center of my life as opposed to just, you know, idling in my faith. Um, yeah. But going to, I would say, you know, for the national tournament, my prayer really was not to just win the, win the tournament. My prayer was more, okay, I want to be, become closer with Christ through this event, you know, whatever that might look like. I didn't really know, um, yeah. you know, I, I was, I was saying, you know, I'm going to do my best, but ultimately I just want to, um, deepen my relationship with Christ and become closer with God through this tournament. And like I said, whether that meant me winning or losing, and I knew I was going to glorify him on the, on a big stage. And I think most of the, most of God's work that we do in our life is not even is things we don't even realize, you know, we're, we're touching and reaching other people and we don't even realize it. And that's something that I saw, I guess, when I was young. And even now, when I look up to, when, or when I look to other wrestlers or when I look to, you know, other people in their faith, I realize, you know, this person doesn't even realize how much they're making an impact on me right. um, and those around them. But I think that's the, that's sometimes the, the biggest impact we make is when we don't even realize it. So really just, I mean, that just really motivates me to trust in God's plan, no matter what it is for me, um, based on an outcome or based on what's going on in my life, whether it's a struggle, whether it's, you know, something to do in wrestling or my relationships in my life, I'm just always trying to um, glorify Christ. And, you know, that, 
I think that means more than just, um, you know, like glorifying him to others. Like I said, that's a big part of it. But I also think just when you simply come to pray to him before a match that honors him, you know, when you are doing it because you want to, because you're in relationship with him, that honors him. You know, it's, it's, it's glorified. You glorify him in your relationship with him, but also toward to others. You know what I mean? And like I said, like I said about, you know, I just wanted that my, that was my prayer before the tournament, because ultimately like as, as great as wrestling is and, and things like that, um, you know, it's something that's temporary. It's something that is important, something that I love dearly, but it's something that temporary, but um, you know, me being prepared for the kingdom of heaven, you know, that's, what's going to be eternal. So that's what I wanted from, that's what I want from wrestling. That's what I want from my relationships. That's what I want from, you know, the NCAA tournament. I want to be um, a full and complete, you know, disciple of Christ and just be prepared for the kingdom of heaven when it, when it gets here, because ultimately that's, that's everybody's in for us. Everybody's, everybody's yep. going to stand before God on judgment day. So. Isn't it crazy too, how, you know, I've said this before on the podcast where it's like, even for my friends, clients, whoever, like I've kind of stopped praying for them to win. And it's more to stay healthy, to stay focused, to be used by God. And I feel like even more so, whether it's watching other people have victories or even for myself, when you're not necessarily praying for a victory, but then in God's grace, he gives you one anyways then it's crazy humbling. Like, God, you didn't have to give me this victory, but here you gave me this All-American title. Here you gave me a junior world championship. When you go through these highs and lows, like, you know, you winning a junior world championship is the absolute pinnacle at that age on what you can do in wrestling. When you have those victories, does that kind of help keep things in perspective? Because I know sometimes people put it, sometimes there's this false sense of the destination. If I can just win this title, if I can just win this title here, you want a title, you want a world championship. And you've realized that like, it's a cool accolade, but the next day life goes on. And I'm assuming that's got to help give some fulfillment in realizing that's, that's not the end goal. You know, Brandon Slay, he says it best, but there's a greater goal. All these accolades are great, but for you, you know, when you've had, the success of a world title and you've had the NCAA losses where you, you know, there's no doubt you want those. Um, has that kind of helped keep a balance there for you? Uh, Yeah, it, it definitely has. And like, I'd say I'm more thankful for my losses than I am my wins, you know, because those of that's I, when I look back at it, I know my losses is what's made me humble. What's developed my character and, you know, what's made me into who I am and, and guided me on the right path really. Um, when I look back at my wins, yeah, those were great. And those were exhilarating. But, um, you know, if I, if I said, I, okay, here, I'm a, you know, three-time national champ. I won every state title in high school. I never lost at Fargo, stuff like that, you know, that people actually accomplish. It's like, yeah. I wouldn't want that. Honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want all those accolades because I know what my losses have done for me is, you know, is far, far greater than what a, what a win could do for me. And, um, yeah, so. Yeah, I'd say that's my mentality on it. It's funny, too, because (laughs) I always root for you. And unfortunately for you, I root for David Carr because he's my guy. And very similarly to him, you guys both won a Big 12 title 
beating the guy you'd both have one loss to at NCAAs. I didn't even realize that. That's really true. <laughs> so I was looking at your at your wrestling stat, and I'm like, man, he beat Tanner to win a Big 12 title and then lost to Tanner, the lone loss in NCAAs. And That's Carr, true. you know, obviously beat Keegan at Big 12s and then lost to Keegan at the NCAAs. Similarly to kind of what you're just talking about, what do you take away from these losses when it's something like that where you and Tanner are obviously two of the best guys in the country? There's no doubt about that. And you had a close win over him in Big 12s and you have a close loss to him at NCAAs. When you look back on that, is it trying to, when you're like neck and neck with somebody, same thing with Carr and Keegan, like they're right there wrestling multiple times a year. Is it just you trying to become a better wrestler? You said there's things you got to work on, bottom, whatever. But next year, I'm assuming you're not just, you know, Tanner announced that he is coming back for his sixth year. But I'm assuming for you, it's not, okay, this is how I can specifically beat Tanner. This is how I can be a better wrestler in the process. I'll beat Tanner. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's pretty much the mindset. It's not. I'm not ever focused on one specific person. Um, I know along with Sloan, there's going to be a lot of other tough guys coming to 97 next year. Um, so I'm just looking forward to the challenge itself because I know that's ultimately, you know, what's going to make me a better wrestler. And, um, you know, in turn, if it's going to make me a better human, then that's what I'm that's what I'm there for. It's not like I'm never going to you know, look for an easy route or just say like, oh, this is this is my chance this year because it's uh, there's nobody in the weight class or something like that. You know, I'm not. I'm not really looking for the title as much as I'm I'm looking for, okay, how am I, how am I going to become a better wrestler in doing so? How am I going to become a better man? And it's just, you know, I, I always remind myself why I wrestle, you know, if, if I ever start to, you know, my mind gets cluttered or whatever, I always just remind myself why I wrestle, you know, I wrestle first of all, because I love it. Um, more importantly, because I want to glorify God. Um, and I'm just truly want to be an instrument for, of the life for him. Um, and you know, it's just, I want to be the best that I can at it. So those are kind of like my three principles that I always come back to, um, about why I do it. And it's not, you know, that with that, it doesn't entail like, okay, like I need to, I need to be a national champion before I leave college or I need to do this or that. It's like, whatever God wills, that'll be done. And, and I'm just doing it because I love it. And he's going to use me for his purpose. Amen. For, uh, you know, I bring up Keegan O'Toole. What is that relationship like? You know, Keegan, one of the best guys in collegiate wrestling, NCAA champ, um, junior world champ. What is it like having him as a teammate? And for you, we are we are in this crazy era where somebody might finish fifth, fourth, third, anywhere in that realm and think, I can now get a payday from somebody else. That's what you seem happening is like kids are having a high finish. And then whether you agree with it or disagree with it in general, they're capitalizing on opportunity. When you have guys like Keegan and the relationships with your coaches, what is that like? And how does that play into this? And I NIL era for you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's been great having Keegan and all the Wisconsin guys in the room because um, they bring just such a unique style and a unique feel to, to the room. And, it's great because we have, you know, Keegan and Peyton Mako and, and Whiting and, you know, being a little selfish, I kind of like that because those are all guys that I can wrestle with. You know, it's not yeah. like, it's not little guys. It's all guys that I can, I can scrap with and I can learn from and ask questions to. So 
Um, I've learned so much from all those guys and they just have such a, such a unique feel for wrestling. And it's been something that I think that's an area that I've really um, improved as I got into college is, is some of the, some of the style they like to wrestle. Um, but yeah, just like, like I said, they have a very unique feel, but as far as like the, the NIL stuff goes, you know, I know like Keegan is, he doesn't really, he's very against like, you know, going somewhere for money. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's very against like paying people just, uh, or paying wrestlers, you know, buying your talent pretty much. Um, you know, he even talks about, he's like, man, all these, these freaking schools that are, that are getting people because they're buying people. It's like, yeah, it's going to be harder to compete with them, but you know, we're just going to have to, just to see our way through it and, you know, focus on what we can control and, and, um, you know, just, just focus on, on what we're doing in the room. Um, so, and, you know, it's like coach Smith wants to support us. He's not, it's not like he's leaving us in the dust and then, yep. you know, but he, he definitely wants to build up an NIL program. And that's been something he's been working really hard at this, this past summer, um, to support us, but it's not like, you know, we're not just getting boatloads of money for, for no reason. It's like, we're, we're earning our money and, and stuff like that. And, and I think nobody, Nobody in the team I sense is like, okay, I'm, I'm there. Nobody's going to hop in the portal or nobody's wants to go somewhere for money. You know, it's, it's pretty much we're all, we're all sticking to our guns. Is there, do you guys have like talks <laughs> internally? Like I got to imagine when you have the talent you do that there's an aspect of fear. Like my teammate's going to get poached because he's really good. Have you guys talked about that where it's like, I'm not going anywhere. You better not going. Anywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, we're in this together. Don't you go get yeah. poached. <laughs> right. I honestly, I have thought it has caught, crossed my mind, but for whatever, whatever reason, I'm just like, our guys are staying here. Like I just have that yeah. feeling. You know, like even if something did happen, I would be like, that would, that would surprise me. You know what I mean? Because I would just, um, because I just feel like, you know, everyone's, everyone's kind of committed to this process right now that we got going on with, with every, all our starters, or I'm sorry, all our All-Americans coming back, it's like, and, you know, it's just, I don't get the sense that anybody really wants to leave, which, which is good because, you know, I've talked to guys from other teams and they're like, man, we're freaking swamped right now. Like everyone's, you know, nobody's motivated. Like everyone's kind of, you know, down the dumps because, you know, some guys are getting poached, just like you were saying. Yeah. And it's, it's been a blessing that we haven't, we haven't had really any of that. So, um, and we, you know, on the contrary, we really haven't bought anyone either. So yeah. it's like, you know, I think coach Smith just want, he likes to, you know, do things very ethically, which I, which I respect. So. Yeah. It, and, and again, this isn't a knock towards anybody who does transfer or who does take a deal. Like I'm not in that position where if I was a really good wrestler and I have an opportunity to whether it's get better with another coach or whether it's get a payday, it is what it is. But there is a sense of appreciation for people who stay home and have that kind of homegrown talent. You know, Shane Sparks put up a thing the other day, like what's going to happen next? 10 All-Americans or a team has six uh, finalists and I, or six champions. And I was texting, like, I think the bigger question is when that happens, will it be homegrown or a Yankee style team. I like the parody in college wrestling. I like some of these Penn State fans want every single high profile transfer. I'm a Penn State fan, but I I like the I like the parody. I want people to have like go through the farm system, get recruited, come into town, get better there. I like that. I have no desire to to be a fan of just 
watching a team become an all-star team. It's very boring. I, I've said this with a couple of the Penn State guys. I've asked their opinion. Like, is it? And I think, I think Bo Barlin, I talked about it on here. Like, it's more fun to root for a close team race and for team titles as a fan or not. Like, having a team title decided the night before is very boring for the sport overall. <laughs> right. Um, and speaking of team titles. Long way to segue into the fact that NCAA is next year in your backyard. Yeah, for sure. I'm pumped it's, about it. It's in Kansas City, Missouri. What's your thoughts on that? Literally. So, I mean, that's where I'm from, KC. So I just know that that's going to be a very, you know, fun atmosphere for us, for Mizzou as a as a team, because we're going to have, you know, majority of our fans there. It's like, I think I can't, I can't think of anybody that I've talked to that's a wrestling fan that's like, Oh, I'm not going. <laughs> it's like everybody I know that has attended some sort of wrestling event is like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going. And even people that aren't really big wrestling fans. So I think that's going to be like a, just a really good atmosphere for Mizzou um, uh, as a team. And, you know, there's some sentimental value there being in KC. That's literally, you know, where I've grown up and, and dreamed about, you know, national tournaments. And just to to go back, it would just be it would be, you know, just a, a great experience to just go and do well at it. and um so stuff like that but you know talking about I guess about the NIL thing it's like I think there are you know there is incentive for for wrestlers to to go other places and stuff like that when there's when there's you know money involved and like I said I, I think it's better to just stay home and just like you were saying but it's kind of funny how like it's different when it's looked at like a coach and a wrestler you know what I mean so if a coach gets an offer somewhere for like more money or you know um, something like that, just like a better paycheck. It's like, okay, that's like kind of, that's okay for them to go there. But like when a wrestler does it, it's like, it's kind of frowned upon. So it's just something I've noticed. And, you know, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but, um, but it's like, if you're getting that big payday <laughs> that I could see, how right. that would be hard down. but, but just like you were saying, you know, I do agree. It's, I think it's better to, you know, stay home and, and especially if you've been there for, for so long and just, and just kind of stick it out. Yeah. Another fun thing about next season, three-point takedowns. What's your thought thoughts on it? Yeah, that's uh it's definitely something it's definitely a topic of discussion we've been talking about in our room. Um, you know, I've thought of some scenarios and I'm sure I'm gonna obviously, you know, learn about them once I once the wrestling season starts, I'm gonna be like, Oh, I see that. This is, you know, another scenario that is uh coming in effect because of the three-point takedown. But ultimately, I mean, I see that it's kind of all relative, you know what I mean? It's like you can, I, I think the biggest thing that I've thought of is like, okay, if you take a guy down, let him up, take him down. And then you finish out the period on top, that's you're up six, one, which is in my mind, crazy. But, you know, then you think about it again, like, how's it different than four, one, you know, um, I guess with the escape, it is a little bit different um, just because you can't get an escape and then take down and tie it up. You know, you still got that. You still have one point. You're still ahead by one. Um, but like I said, I think it's just going to be stuff that, I'm going to have to really like play with and like really like hone in to watch this season um, because I watch all of our duels. It's like, I know some guys will just, um, you know, sit back and, and not watch, but I really enjoy watching wrestling. I think it helps me learn even before I'm about to wrestle. And I'm like, I learned so much from it. So I think it's, it's something that I'm going to have to get used to and, um, and, you know, really just learn about, but I think if it, if it's benefiting neutral wrestlers, that's good because that's where I like, that's where I like to wrestle from neutral, you know? Yeah. And top. Random point. There's always Missouri and Big 12 talk. Um, you know, Missouri's kind of bounced around, I believe. 
Colorado, just a random talking point. Colorado is going to the Big 12. Deion Sanders had a large part in that. Can we get a Colorado wrestling team? I agree. I feel like that would just be amazing. That would be great. I think I've thought of a lot of teams I would want to see in like with the wrestling program. And I think Colorado would be great. I also think Texas would be great because I know Texas needs a program. Texas is a big time. Texas is a huge wrestling state and they're a great wrestling state. There's a lot of great wrestlers that come out of Texas. And we have, I mean, even just like we have some Texas athletes on our team. I'm like, man, they freaking need a program. Like University of Texas is a perfect place. And then like Georgia, I think would have a great program. Uh, University of Florida, even like some of like the, the other schools in Texas, A&M or, you know, just stuff like that. I'm like, man, I'm just like thinking of all these places and like LSU, they used to have a great program. Like, Coach KJ, he used to tell me like about his time at LSU and they were like set, like first or second in the nation or something. And they dropped their program and he's like out of nowhere. So that's when he went to Iowa State and finished his career. But it's just like we could there's there could definitely be more programs down south, I feel like. We definitely, if nothing else but to get NCAAs there, we need a South Florida team. Yeah, for sure. We need a school in South Florida. Like Miami, the Hurricanes would be sick. Yeah. Like imagine like- the Hurricanes wrestling team <laughs> like, <laughs> <That'll be awesome. laughs> i just like i think about it because i mean we're in the sec like mizzou is in the sec yeah uh, and obviously there's no other teams in the sec with a program so i'm sitting here thinking, isn't that like, why missouri's in the big 12 championships it, exactly that's why yeah. we, i mean we had to find a new conference that's why we hopped around from big 12 to mac now we're back yeah. in big 12, which which is good, but it's like, man, I mean, these SEC schools, they're the richest, some of the most rich schools in the country, you know what I mean? And and they could definitely afford programs, but, you know, sometimes they just decide to allocate their money elsewhere. But I'm just like, I just, I see all this opportunity as a wrestler, you know? Well, even, yeah, you mentioned like the SEC schools and how good their football teams are. Imagine Georgia, Alabama, these schools with, with wrestling programs would be incredible. Yes. Um, so switching gears a little bit, uh, we talked about college wrestling. I want to talk freestyle a little bit. Olympic year coming up. Obviously, you are junior world champion, which is super cool accomplishment. If you need anywhere for your world championship belt, I am making um requests because I want to have like different guests and their like belts and trophies and all that stuff on my wall. Oh, wow. So I believe David Carr has said the next one he wins, he's sending to me. That's awesome. So for you, thoughts on the upcoming Olympic year? Yeah, um, you know, as long as I'm good and healthy, I'll be I'll be competing in it. Um, I'll be going 97 kilos um, just because, you know, it's probably too, too far down to make 86. But um, it's good because, you know, in the summertime, just like right now, I, I, this, is, this is when I start to grow a little bit. This is when I start to, to put on some weight. And stuff like that so as long as i'm healthy that's you know kind of the reason i took off this summer was because not only do i want to you know make my make sure my body's healthy but i want to go into um this next national tournament you know Kansas city and you know i really want to have my best performance so that was kind of it was just my focus to to focus on folk style wrestling and get my body right this year um but you know look forward to you know wrestling a lot of top guys i'm sure you know obviously snyder and cox are going to be there but i'm sure there's going to be a lot of um other top guys you know um that were at 92 this year and that are in college so um like I said that's you know it's just another thing it's just part of the process it's something that I want to want to have challenges there and I, I know for sure I will 
Um, and I want to, you know, just be able to, to grow and grow as a wrestler and become closer to God through, it's just, you know, it's no, it's no different. There's just because it's a bigger event doesn't mean I take a different approach to it, whether it's, you know, some small duel that we go to or the national tournament or the Olympic trials or whatever, it's, it's really the same approach. And like I said, just, you know, I know why I do it. So. Have you kind of you and your coaches planned out this upcoming year i know some wrestlers want to wrestle less matches to kind of stay healthy for april it's obviously a grueling it's always funny like when the open rolls around and you have college wrestlers yourself included that are great at freestyle that don't wrestle because they're coming off a grueling college season where you're Mm -hmm. wrestling 20 30 matches a year and there's also this is interesting year because i can't i think it's I think it's top three at NCAAs qualify for the Olympic trials, but then some, you know, are planning to compete at senior nationals to qualify there. Have you kind of thought about what the year looks like for you in regard to the freestyle side of it? Um, so are you saying like this upcoming folk style season or like, this yeah, no, for okay. the folk style season. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a freaking tough schedule this year. I've, I've looked at some of our opponents and I'm like, we don't have, we're not doing a holiday tournament this this year, so we're not going to have anything, you know, around that New Year's time, which I think is good because um, we had a lot of guys get hurt at the scuffle last year. I mean, we freaking like me, Keegan and Brock sat out from the starters, but we I remember we had a lot of guys go and there was just a lot of guys that got hurt. So I think that's going to be a good time to just, you know, sit back and train and uh, make sure our bodies are healthy for that second half of the season. Um, you know, but as far as competition goes, I think I had like eight matches going into big 12s last year. And that was, it was the lowest, like out of all the starters, it was the lowest, you know, that's the minimum amount of matches you can have to bring a spot to big 12. So, and there's a purpose for that. It wasn't because I was, was just sitting out on purpose. It was because I really needed to make, make sure my body was healthy and, you know, had a, was a little banged up here and there, but ultimately because I did what I did throughout the season, I was, I was ready to go and I felt good for the postseason. You know, and who knows if it would have if it would have been like that if I hadn't. Um, so we have a we have a one tournament this upcoming year, and that's at, actually it's in Kansas City. It's at, back in my old high school. Um, that's kind of like our Tiger style tournament, and um, uh, just do that. And then we have, like I said, a lot of tough duels this year. We have you know Arizona State, Virginia Tech. We have all our all our Big Twelve duels: Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Um, you know all these all these big duels. I think we even wrestle we were wrestle Illinois, like I think in November or something like that. Um, so, and then we wrestle Cornell, we wrestle Stanford. So it's like, we have all these, all these tough duels that are not only in the big 12s, but now outside the big 12, because, you know, to kind of make up for um, our, our, not, us not having a holiday tournament. So I think it's going to be, um, you know, just a lot of seeing a lot of different faces uh, wrestling, a lot of different guys, because we are doing all, all these, you know, outside big 12 tournaments, but um, you know, just gonna still, still gonna, you know, pick, you know, make sure I pick the matches that is going to benefit me and the team the most. And, you know, we'll see how, how some of the other ones go. And do you know what, the way the freestyle season kicks in where you might have to go to senior nationals to qualify Olympic trials? I think there's a last chance after NCAAs, depending on, you know, again, I think it's top three plays. Do you know freestyle wise, what you're going to, what your season looks like, like heading, planning for the trials which is april 19th 20th do you know yet what that side looks like um you know what we haven't haven't discussed that too much you know i've thought about it a little bit but um 
you know, Charles, you said for the Olympic Games is 18, 19, 19th yeah, so, and 20th. Yeah, of April. Gotcha. So, yeah, it'll be I mean, that'll be pretty much us rolling right into it. I don't think there's not going to be a lot of time for. Does your um, junior world title qualify you for that automatically? I don't believe so, because I think it has to be the year before. So it had to be like a, a world medal this year. Um, but, yeah, I would say like for that preparation, it's just like, I mean, you already are coming off a good NCAA season. You know what I yeah, mean? And yeah. That's preparation in itself. And I think that's what a lot of guys don't realize is like you don't need to like you don't need to like prepare like extra, you know, like a bunch for like, obviously there is changes you have to make, but you're prepared, you know, you're in a, in a state where you just came off of the national tournament. And I was even, you know, me and Keegan were talking about this when he was thinking about going to the open or not. I was like, you know, Keegan, you can take a couple weeks off here because I think the open open might've been like a week later. I think it was like in April or something like that. Yeah. It's was, the last weekend in April. Yeah. So I was like, you have, you know, two weeks here after nationals where you can just take time off. Like you're, you're fully prepared um, coming off of, you know, big 12s and nationals, especially with the tough weight class that he had. I knew that he wasn't lacking in preparation by any means. So and, you know, that's kind of just something we talked about. And ultimately he did it and, and you know, uh, made the national team. So it was successful for him. But, you know, it's just uh, I don't I don't think there's much of a need to to uh, worry about, oh, like, am I going to be prepared for it? Because I think, you know, the, the national the season is what's going to prepare me for. It, and then we're going to make some changes um, before the Olympic trials to transition to, to freestyle. Yeah, no, for sure. You're wrestling at 197 pounds collegiately is like 92 kilos. Do you think you could potentially bounce back down to 92 kilos after the Olympic year? Uh, Yeah, I think I will. Um, I don't think I would stay at 97. You know, we'll see what my body does. It seems like even though I'm in college, I feel like my body does a little bit different things every year. So um, we'll see what happens. But I think the best weight for me would be um, 92 kilos as of where my body's at right now. You know, that being said, I have. I feel like I also have the frame to fill out to 97 if I wanted to. Um, but those non-Olympic years, I would I would most likely be at 92 kilos. What's the balance like? You talk about wrestling matches that are good for you, good for the team. And, you know, been talking more and more in this podcast lately about, you mentioned like the scuffle. And we talked about this, David Carr and I, last week, where it's like, a schedule's for an entire team and there's a lot of different talent levels within a team and you got to do what's best for you. And I was actually just watching, I always go back to watch a couple of interviews before I have anybody on here. And after you won your junior world title, it was funny. You said they were talking about how tough the Iranian was and you said you loved it. You know, you came here for a challenge. You didn't want to come here and wrestle scrubs. You don't want to come here. You know, you want a tough time. And I was laughing because I, I catch black, like, if I think I said, you know, that I had said loosely that the guys wrestling the open in the first round are bums. And obviously that was a very loose way to put it. <laughs> I'm saying it in context to an NCAA champion in the first right. round. But regardless, right. I was laughing because I got I got what you were saying. But what what's that balance like for you of trying to come up with a schedule that works for you for longevity obviously us fans always want to see you every single time i think fans myself included want wrestlers to wrestle 30 times 35 times 40 times a year because we're selfish we just want to see guys compete more or women compete more for you what is that balance like of you know not 
not running from competition, but also balancing it and trying to balance, you know, when you should compete, when you should rest. Yeah. Um, I think it, you know, like you said, it definitely is a balance. And I think it's one of those things where sometimes I was taking, you know, last season I was taking some practices off to, you know, do some other stuff where I wasn't even a full participant in the practice. So it's like, if I'm not a full participant in the practice, like I can't be expected to go out there and, you know, compete at, you know, go make weight and go compete, you know, because like I said, I'm not even doing the full practice. So I think it's, you know, listening to your body is just a big thing. Um, and, you know, making sure that, like I said, we're, I'm trying to peak for March, you know, so even if I, like, there's, you know, that guys that, that get surgery, it's like, even if you have like a, we had guys get surgery in, in season, last, in season last year. And I'm like, you know, that's fine because, you know, ultimately we're not, I think, you know, we had some guys get surgery in like December and January, um, whether they were starters or not. And I was like, ultimately, like, that's not what you're peaking. That's not what you're trying to peak for. You're trying to peak for the end of the year. So um, it's okay to like take this time off. And um, just like you said, you know, it is, it is a little bit different, actually, I guess a lot different perspective, like from a fan's point of view first to a wrestler's, um, you know, obviously I understand for sure. The fans want to want to see us out there and see us put on a show. And I even missed a couple, missed a couple home duels last year. And I know that that's, that's uh you know people wanted to see me wrestle and but it was like ultimately like if you guys want to see me at my best in march you know at the big show then i have to i have to take some of these times off so and it's always you know it's always different too it's why i always stress to athletes like the more you can communicate the better wrestling is a tough sport because people don't want to be over transparent with why they're not competing or mm -hmm. what they're healing right. up but it's interesting because fans just assume you're healthy and there's 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 not much more going on than on the surface. Whereas a wrestler, I've been around enough to know in the back end how much is, is going on. Um, yeah. And I think you're right, because, I mean, just like wrestlers, they don't want to they don't want to get out. They don't want to want to get out what what they're going through, you know, because literally like opponents can use that to their advantage so i think that is true where wrestlers aren't trying to be over transparent about it but um yeah i mean that's very true yeah and i i got yelled at by a coach because i said on the bash mania instagram like somebody's out and this is why mm -hmm. and somebody else had said it so i didn't like break the news but yeah he, he was very upset with me and i'm like wow. we were going back and forth and i'm like it's an interesting spot because you know the NFL, it's like every day there's an injury report. Oh, for it's, sure. Hey, Josh Allen isn't practicing today because of his shoulder. Yeah. Hey, Patrick Mahomes has a strained calf. That is also different than wrestling. I get that. Where if somebody has a messed up ankle, a messed up pack, a messed up quad, whatever, it could potentially be an easy target. But I think colleges just need to, especially in this NIL era, where athletes are looked more and more, they're looked at more and more like professionals. Okay, then there needs to be like PR guys within these college yeah. programs that are like, hey, here's how to say that you're not competing without saying exactly why. Here, like, but that that takes a lot of there's there's grown ass adults in their 40s, athletes in their 30s, whatever, that still don't necessarily grasp that concept of communicating. It's why so many people have PR agencies. So I think college programs need to work in PR and marketing just like they are with, with graphics and videos and content. So I think that will, I think that will come. Um, 
speaking of the junior world title, I got to ask, you know, I feel like I don't know if there's anything more American than beating an Iranian in the finals. What yeah. was that? What was that experience like for you? Oh, my gosh, it was great. I mean, that was just another thing where it was more it was more so the experience of getting to go do it than the accomplishment itself. But and the funny thing was, I don't know if you knew this, but like I got to wrestle the Russian in the semifinals. Yeah. And obviously, like like the rock, the big like Rocky Four thing was Rocky <laughs> went over to Russia fighting this this Russian named Ivan and stuff like that. And he's this big freaking dude that's training with all these scientific methods and Rocky's just out in the snow, you know, plowing stuff yeah. and stuff like that. So, and it was funny because obviously I got to go over there and the Russian that I wrestled, his name was literally Ivan in the in this in my Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So his name his name was literally Ivan. And I was like, and I knew it before the match. I'm like, I can't lose this. Like, I just can't. <laughs> right. Like, no. If I lose, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, <laughs> there's no way. Like, Rocky Four, he beats the Russian. He beats Ivan in Russia. I'm like, this is just the perfect storyline. So I right. gotta do it. You know. So that was. I think that was a really cool thing. And then like, even after that, I was like, you know, job's not finished. I still got one more to one more to go. And yeah. um, just think, you know, I was I was just really proud of the way that I was I was focused in that in that tournament. And, um, you know, I don't even think, I don't even think it was much different at the NCAAs. I still think I was, you know, very focused on one match at a time at the NCAAs. I believed I was going to win. Um, but you know, just sometimes things don't happen the way you want to. And, and, um, so just both of those tournaments, I was, I was really, I was really proud of the way that I was, that I was focused in and there's nothing I really would, would change about it, you know? Do you think that the winning the junior world championships or even going to the world championships, do you think that, helps you as you you know you have a couple years left to win some ncaa titles but then the goal seems like it's going to be you know world and olympics if not obviously already starting to try to achieve that goal next year how does that process of already having gone to world championships help you you think oh it's tremendous i mean even you know obviously the experience aspect the even before that before the world championships i was you know i had gone off to austria um, with the um, with the EAP program with coach KJ and a couple other athletes to compete in a uh, international tournament and you know we were on our way to another tournament um, and then COVID hit literally mid-March we were on our way to Latvia and we had to turn around and go back but um, just having those international experiences I know that is it's a different feel so you gotta you know you gotta have you gotta wrestle some foreigners to to understand what they feel like so I know that's gonna be something that helps me moving forward and you know Unfortunately, it's something I haven't been able to to come back to. Freestyle isn't something I've been able to do um, these past two summers. But like I said, I think even just my training that I'm doing now is still going to translate um, when I get to my freestyle seasons and it's going to benefit me. Yeah. One topic of debate on this podcast frequently is folk style or freestyle. What's your preference? Um, I really enjoy freestyle. Um, like I said, that's been something that it's been really, really hard for me to not do. And yep. it was, it was a really tough decision, not only last summer, but this summer too, to, to not go to the open and not go to the, the age group trials and stuff like that. But I was like, man, like coach Smith says this and, you know, he kind of, coach Smith tr- kind of tries to get us to focus on, on folks that, which I understand. Um, yep. but he brings up point that you have this many years in folk style wrestling, then you get to wrestle freestyle for as long as you want, which, you know, it's, it is true. There, there is truth to that. Um, you know, as, as much as I want to, as much as I want to wrestle freestyle, I think 
it's not only best for, you know, my, what I want to accomplish in folk style, but my body that I only wrestle one season per year right now. Um, and then, you know, I have one season per year after I get out of college for as long as I want to wrestle. So. Yeah. Your teammate O'Toole, he's on the U23 world team this year. That's Absolutely. Uh, that, the, the U23 team is stacked this year. Mm -hmm. I was looking at it yesterday uh, because Cooper Flynn looked like a dog this weekend in Poland and he's on the team. Brock Hardy, Sammy Sasso, Keegan, um, Dustin Plotter, and Brooks. Crazy, crazy team. Um, what are you looking forward to most? You have a you have a lot coming up. Getting back to the college scene, the Olympic year. What do you think you're just looking forward to the most coming up? Um, honestly, like like I said, it's gonna it's gonna be really hard to beat Nationals and KC. You know, it's it's gonna be yeah. hard to beat that for for any competition. But I would just say um, our home duels is something that really excites me. I think literally when we wrestled Iowa State last year, that was the most fun fun duel um, in one of the most fun competitions I've ever had. You know, like I, I mean, there's nothing like wrestling at the national tournament. There's there's no greater atmosphere. There's it's just it's such a unique and cool experience to wrestle at the national tournament. But our home duels, it's like it's almost like that same thing, just in a different way. You know, it's just like you have everybody on your side, freaking everybody's going crazy when when there's wins and pins, and especially when it's a close duel. And just that Iowa State duel that we had, I mean, that was freaking the. I mean, the roof was literally off. It was like it was crazy. It was, <laughs> it was so much fun, and just I don't know. I I had you know I had a good performance, which probably helped helped me enjoy it but for whatever reason I just I enjoyed myself so much during that and I think this next year we even have you know like I said we got Arizona State we got Virginia Tech we have I think Oklahoma State and Oklahoma at home um, you know we got Air Force we got and then we got some other some other schools so I'm really looking forward to to some of these um, to some of these tough competitions that we got coming up especially at the beginning of the season um, with our with our out of big 12 out of big 12 schools uh i think a little bit earlier on the, in the year um but like i said we go back to tulsa for big 12s um so that's kind of right down the road and then and then casey uh i'd say that's that's what i'm looking most forward to upcoming few things based on that number one anybody listening right now because of you specifically needs to lock you in for an nil deal for the ncaa championships for this upcoming season I mean, the kid who was born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, goes to Missouri College an hour or two away and is coming back home to Kansas City, Missouri to try to win his first NCAA title after fifth, fourth, and third place finishes. That is a story that writes itself. Every right. business in Kansas City needs to be calling <laughs> you. Every like, that. I'm ready. <laughs> there's, I'm sure... You know, this podcast, it seems like it's it's a good, good healthy mix of like the, the Bash Mania core guests or core listeners that listen to every episode. And then always, depending on who comes on, their audience listens to it. You know, you'll share this out and your audience wants to get to know you more. Hometown people. So hometown listeners, get this kid an NIL deal coming <laughs> home for NCAAs. That is just I'm in marketing for a living for the last 20 years. That is a story that writes itself. Absolutely. It really is. Hey, and even better, I got my brother too. So we could, we yeah, could a little double promotion for me and Zach. So yeah, there you uh, go. No, yeah. That would be, I need to start reaching out to some, some people in KC. Cause I, I like to promote, like, I don't even, 
sometimes I'm not even worried about like like what they give me. I'm like, I just want to promote you. Like if I it's love fun. Your, yeah. Right. Like if I love your business and I use your product, I'm like, I just want to promote you because you know, I'm not even worried about like what you give me, but that's, that's, that is a storyline. That's, that's true. Yeah. My NIL advice to athletes is always the more you post on social media about brands you love, the more you open their eyes and they go, Oh my gosh. So-and-so is a fan. And they, you know, they would never think like I, it happens to me with like, we're bigger names, MMA guys, et cetera. will listen to the podcast and I don't know, but then they'll DM me something. I'm like, you listen to the show. Like, that's awesome. Similarly, like if athletes are using a, a product, the brands don't know you love their product once you're sharing about it. Um, what I was going to say is you mentioned Oklahoma State at home. One of your two losses last year was Luke Serber. I know you don't prepare individually necessarily, but when you see that date on the calendar, is there something to getting that match back that gets you excited? Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, we don't, I mean, I don't prepare individually, but there is things that I look for, um, you know, coming up in that opponent. And there's things that I take away from the matches that I had with my past opponents. So, you know, obviously that match, you know, the match I lost at nationals, not just those, but the matches I won too. I've looked at back at those matches and, you know, reviewed them in my mind and been like, okay, this is an area that I need to really emphasize in my training. So I think naturally as you get better with time and as you get better with experience, you're going to be more prepared for that match because that's simply, you know, the, a match that or a position I struggled in or got scored on or could have done better in, you know, these are positions I've already, you know, addressed in my training. So it's like, I'm going to be prepared when I get there for it, you know? And, um, you know, obviously that's a, that's a guy that's in the big 12. So I think I will, and he's my age. So yeah. not only will I see, you know, at the duel and at the big 12s, but that's going to be a guy that I continue to, to see, you know, my whole career, because like I said, same weight class, same, uh, same age. So. Yeah. And it was funny because, you know, as fans, you kind of like rank people and like where and it's like, Oh, this guy's not supposed to lose this guy. Of course it makes sense. He lost whatever the case may be. But for athletes, I know a lot of times, especially wrestlers, like I think Carter Starachi was more excited to wrestle DJ Washington after he had a, a loss to him, you know, a couple of years ago, he was just super excited to get that match back. And you don't always think about it. Like when you do, you only had, a handful, what, two losses last year. And one, you split matches with Tanner Sloan. The other was Luke Serber. So I got to imagine that there's a bit of like, probably like, yeah, I want that one back. So I'm excited for that, man. Um, yeah, I mean, those are, I'm also excited for it because those are, like I said, two guys that are in Big 12. And I think we go up to South Dakota State. So it's like, I know that's that those are going to be matches that that I come across again, which is which is fun. Do you ever pay attention to the rankings throughout the year? Um, when I was number one last year, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I, I really great don't. answer. I, great answer. <laughs> um, so like, I mean, obviously, I was notified when that happened, but I really, I really don't. So yeah, yeah, rank rankings are so dumb. I, I, I like them because it helps a casual fan understand where two people rank up, and it makes a matchup more interesting if you know it's a one and a two it's a hell of a lot more interesting than a one and a 20 or if you have a right. four and a five. So it definitely like they're, they're great for the sport because of the yeah, fact that it, it does help the, the fans, but it is always funny because most athletes are like, yeah, I really don't care where I'm ranked, but you do occasionally see an <laughs> yeah. athlete get mad. Usually it's like if they're deeper in the rankings, I'd say the top five tend not to care too much. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. That that is true because I mean it attracts it attracts people to sport. I mean when we had our Iowa Iowa State or I'm sorry not Iowa uh, our Iowa State duel last year, like I said, I mean Keegan and Carr were one and two. So that's the re that's a reason we had so many people at that duel and we kept them we kept them for the very last match of the the entire duel. So it was like that was that was I would say one of the most watched duels you know, out of the, from the whole year and definitely it hit our attendance record. So just like you said, rankings, they absolutely play a, play a role in, in the viewership. Yeah, no, they're, they're great for fans. It's always interesting what athletes think about them because they don't really mean anything throughout the year for, for yeah. the athletes. All yeah. right, Rocky, that's all I got for you. You got any final words before I let you go here? Uh, I think that's it. I would have something to promote, but hey, I'm gonna get a deal <laughs> to some business in KC, and then I'll come back and promote it. <laughs> yeah, we, we. It's always funny too because I am very biased towards anybody I work with, towards um clients, and like I naturally ask people to come on the podcast. I root for them, and I've already been rooting for you, so it's not new. But it is funny because I occasionally like will catch flack from people about you know, giving fair love. Like, dude, I, this is not like, I'm a fan and I'm having a podcast to have my friends on essentially. Right. Like that, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Like, so there is a, there is, yes, there is a bias here. So we, yeah. we are Rocky fans on this podcast. How can you not be fan of anybody in combat sports and Rocky? I mean, that's just, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. appreciate that. Are yeah, you coming I, out to the Rocky theme song to make the NCAA finals this year? Oh, absolutely. That's my, that's what I come out to for home. Yeah. So everybody knows that at Mizzou, but I'm definitely coming out to that if I when I make the finals. So I love that. All right, man. Everybody go follow Rocky. I'm gonna link up his Instagram, his Twitter, all that good stuff below. And he will become a recurring guest. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get you back on like maybe just after a big duel or just before a big duel this season. It'll be fun to do something in season. So absolutely. I'd love to come back on. We'll we'll chat, man. Thanks for making time today, and uh we'll do this again soon. Awesome. See ya. And the beat goes on.